Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hey, Erin here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Alex Cook with It's Not Complicated Recipes. Alex, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. Thank you so much, Erin. It's great to chat with you. So how about we kick it off just hearing a little bit about you and your background? Sure, sure. So I must admit that food has always been a huge part of my life. So in a way, I'm not surprised I've ended up working with food, but it's actually only a fairly recent move for me. So I was actually a real estate agent for many years and I also worked in the airline industry. Um, But circumstances happened and things changed and I had to sort of rethink the path that I was on and that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. Very cool. So um, yeah, those are different backgrounds. They are. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of moved you into the food space? So I grew up in a family where food was very important. We always ate meals together. We cooked together. I've always loved cookbooks and I've collected them for a long time, but it was always more of a hobby. And After I left real estate, I thought, well, what are the things I love the most? And food and writing came to mind. And so I decided to have a go at turning those hobbies into a career. Very cool. Because now you are a full-time blogger. Is that correct? I am. I am. So I've been blogging for two years and it is full-time now. And I absolutely love that I get to do this every day. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to do what you do. So how did you get started? Like, what were the first few steps when you're like, okay, I'm going to, I mean, first of all, it was already a decision that it would be food, correct? Yes, yes. So I had, I actually got quite sick and I had to leave my job in real estate. So that that part of the decision was made for me, but I then had to rethink about what I wanted to do. So I thought I'll start a blog. That's something that I'd always been interested in, but I actually was only really thinking about it being a hobby in the early days. I thought it would be something fun to do along the side. So I thought I'll start a university degree and the blog and do some part-time work and just see what happens from there. But within about four months, the blog had grown to the point where I really had to work on it full-time. Otherwise I just couldn't keep up with it. So I took a bit of a chance and I decided to dedicate it, dedicate my time full time. And yeah, here we are two years later. Oh my goodness. And so when you first started, how did it look? Like, were you like, what was your cadence? Like, were you publishing a blog post, you know, once a week? And also like, what were the topics about? Were they recipes? Was it food and lifestyle? What did you cover? So I've always stuck to recipes for this blog. I've, I've thought about, you know, diversifying a little bit and maybe bringing in a little bit of travel and lifestyle and things like that. But at the moment, they're just recipes. So when I got started, I aimed for three posts a week. I thought I just wanted to be consistent. So I published Monday, Wednesday and Friday and I stuck to that schedule. And I think that consistency is part of why it grew so quickly. I started, you know, getting a re- bit of a reader base and they came to really expect a new post on those days, which was very cool mm-hmm. to see. 
Yeah. And that's, thank you for bringing that up because consistency is key, right? So I think that, uh, you know, I always recommend to people that like pick a cadence that is realistic for you and stick to it, right? So it's like if daily is not, you know, your jam and there's no way that you can keep it up, then don't start with daily, start with it. It's something else that you can keep um, consistent with. So I think that that's great. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would say too, when it comes to blogging, I think that quality over quantity definitely applies here. And it is much better to do two posts a week that are quality content versus trying to do something five times a week or daily if you're just rushing it. Yeah, no, totally agreed. And so your blog is called It's Not Complicated Recipes. So do you try to stick with that kind of theme of like it's kind of more, you know, recipes that anybody can do or what do you kind of stick to? I do. So um, that name actually came about at a dinner party that I had um, a couple of years ago and I found myself repeating the same statement of, oh, no, I promise you it's easy to make. It's really not complicated. And one of my friends happened to say that would be a great name for a blog and it's actually how this totally started to take shape. So I do like recipes to be simple, but I also want to show people that you can cook really good food without it being complicated. So I try and break it down so it's easy to understand. So if you're not a confident cook, I'm here to sort of help you along the way But also, if you are a confident cook, I want to inspire you and give you some new ideas for the kitchen. Gotcha. And so how did you, so you come up with a copy on your own and Mm -hmm. how did you come up with the photos? Did you start learning how to take your own images or how did that come about? So if you look back to our early blog posts, which we do need to start updating, (laughs) you'll see the photos have improved significantly over time. (laughs) We used to take um, photos on my old phone and look, they're not, I mean, they're not great, don't get me wrong, but they, they did, they served a purpose. They, mm-hmm. they helped us get started. And I guess in respect of that, I would say to people, don't feel like you have to wait to get a, you know, a high quality camera or this and that. You can get started on very little equipment because you can always go back and update things later. So mm-hmm. that's fine. But I, I'm still trying to learn how to take photos as good as some of the big bloggers out there. Photography is probably the thing I'm least confident in. And it's probably the part that feels most like hard work because I just am not confident in that. Whereas the cooking part and the writing part, the parts that I absolutely adore. So that's just easy. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, how did you start to learn how to monetize your blog? So I was um, pretty, I'd say there's an, there was an element of luck involved for me. I had a, a post that actually went viral very early on and very easy recipe and it just took off. It, I published it and then within weeks it was getting a couple of thousand page views a day. It was just wow. very, very quick that it built up and it's still to this day it's our most popular post. Um, so I was able to actually sign up with an ad network at the um, four-month, four, four-and-a-half-month mark and start monetizing the blog straight away. And from there, it's just continued to grow. Um, a lot of people uh, put pressure on themselves to reach the page view requirements to get certain advertising companies. But I would just always encourage them that you can easily, you can do it. You just have to find 
your niche and what people are looking for. And sometimes it is a case of putting out content that people are searching for more than what you might be inclined to make yourself. I think there's you've got to also think about this strategically as well. And if there's certain food that are trending at the moment, I definitely target those. Yeah, and how do you... Uh, how do you find those? Like are there keyword searches that you mm-hmm. use or how do you kind of figure that out? Yeah, so there's a, there's a few different companies that you can use for keyword research and it can give you a really good idea of what your competition's like with the keywords, if you've got a chance of ranking. I mean, some keywords are very competitive and you know that it's not going to be easy for you to rank. I still don't let that put me off necessarily because you can also do really well on social media without keyword research. So you've got to sort of think about both sides there. Uh, But we do keyword research just sometimes because we might have a recipe that, I mean, say like chicken pasta or something like that and you just don't know how to frame that. So maybe people are searching for easy chicken pasta or chicken pasta recipe or chicken pasta recipe in under 30 minutes. There's, you know, so many different variations that you can use and you can target. So I try and incorporate as many of those popular terms and keywords into the blog post. Um, Another thing I also use is I will Google the recipe and or the name of the, the post I'm thinking about. And then you scroll down to the bottom of the page on Google, you can see what other people are searching for. And that's a really good way of answering questions within your blog post too. Okay. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And so I'm, a, I'm assuming that the website come first and then you created your business page on Facebook? Yeah. So I tried to do it all around the same time. So I mm-hmm. before I got started, I did spend probably about six to eight weeks of doing some research on what was involved in creating a blog. So I wanted to make sure that when I started it, I started it right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conflicting advice out there when it comes to starting a blog. So I would definitely encourage people to do their research before they get started. It's important to get a good host. It's important to get a good website platform. And particularly when you're a food blogger, things like having a recipe card So you can have all of your ingredients and your method and nutritional information within your post. That's very good for ranking on Google and it's better to get started with things like that than it is to, in a year's time when you've got 100 posts, have to go back and convert all of that to that format. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I know that's really good um, because it's so important to have, I mean, obviously valuable content on the page, um, but enough so that it gives your, you know, your um, viewer enough information of what they're looking for, but then also enough for you to get picked up so they can actually find you. So, um, <laughs> and I noticed that your business page is about 26,000 people at this point. So mm-hmm. how did that grow? So I've always been big on engaging with fellow bloggers and trying to build up relationships along the way. So I've got a number of bloggers now who I consider to be very close friends. But in building up those relationships, you do build up relationships with other readers. I mean, if you're engaging on various pages and blogs and recipes and people get to know you and then sometimes they visit your page and from there you can invite them to like your page and it sort of just grows 
organically like that. Um, in the early days too, I did do some sponsored posts on Facebook just to get the to get the word out there, and that did make a big difference. And also another thing I've done a couple of times is just run a small competition and just a, a small prize of winning a cookbook or something like that and encouraging readers to share the Facebook page with their family and friends. And it just, yeah, really took off, to be honest. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, I was really surprised when you were like, oh, it's been two years. I'm like, say what? <laughs> <That's pretty> amazing. <laughs> that is really impressive. Um, so we were chatting before this a little bit about COVID-19. So it's still here. And yep. <laughs> I'm curious, like how, how has it impacted your business and um, how have you shifted to accommodate it? So I'm very lucky in the sense that I'm probably one of the few business areas or people that can actually say that it's actually had a positive impact on our business. It's, I guess, more people staying home, so more people cooking, and our page views have just grown this year. They just continue to grow daily, which is fantastic. Uh, so in many ways, we haven't changed too much of our process, uh, but we have started to sort of look at what people are really searching for to see if we can add to the content in that respect. So Things like preserves and pickles are really popular at the moment. Um, they've always been, a couple of our posts have, have always been like our, our top five posts are in that um, area, but we're just getting more and more demand for that. So we're trying to come up with new recipes for that and also baking recipes. They're the other mm. ones that seem to be really popular at the moment. So we're coming up with lots of new content for people to cook if they're home on lockdown and they don't have much else to do. Right. I know it was interesting when, um, at least here in the States, there was a run on flour. Like you could mm -hmm. not find flour anywhere. I'm like, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden everybody's baking and making, and buying bread makers and making yes. their own bread. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's been a really interesting um, shift actually to see that people have become so keen to get in the kitchen and to make things from scratch, which has been fantastic. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear since, you know, just so our, our listeners know that you are in Australia and um, that you're seeing similar trends over there. Yes, yes. So flour, there was a time, there was a few, I'd say a few weeks where it was flour was not easy to find. And that wasn't just all-purpose flour either. It was gluten-free flour, it was spelt flour, it was all flying off the shelves. Yeah, people could not. They were like, whatever flour, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> It was so interesting because I know, like, um, I think I was going to go to my sister's. We were going to make, I don't even know what it was, pancakes. No, what was it? Cookies, I think it was. Yeah, cookies. And I think we ended up using, like, Bisquick, like some, mm -hmm. like, pancake thing. We're like, we'll make it work because you know? <laughs> we couldn't find the flour, like, whatever we could do. Actually, it that's crazy. interesting you should say that. That's the other sort of trend I've noticed is people making recipes with ingredients you might nor normally think to use. So flourless, eggless, all kinds of variations have been coming out. So I think people have definitely been more creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got to get scrappy. Oh yes. <laughs> um, so as you've grown and you've grown pretty quickly, is there like a tool or a process that has been a game changer in your business? I think I've really still 
I'm really, really learning still about what works best. It's um, There is a lot of trial and error involved and I'm not going to lie, it's been a lot of hard work, but I've been focusing recently on how I can work smarter, not harder. I think that's mm -hmm. really important and I'm trying to get a bit more of a work-life balance going on. So for me, the, recently it's been using a scheduling tool to do all my social media posts. That has made a huge difference. So I try and plan my content out monthly. So I post daily on social media and I find if I schedule it all at the start of the month and then it just goes out every morning, that has just been a, such a time saver for me. It's made a huge mm -hmm. difference. I would say it has saved me uh, over an hour a day easily. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's like, that's kind of like how we handle it as well, a kind of batch process, you know, mm -hmm. um, social media posts. And it's kind of amazing. Well, it's it's sort of like you could compare it to meal planning, right? Sure. So <laughs> on the weekends, like on Sunday, you might, you know, put together all of your meals and make it for the week. So very similar to social media. You could yes, do the same thing. Definitely. I think, I think meal planning is fantastic as well. And that's something I really need to get better at because at the moment it's just like, well, I have three different types of biscuits now, not, nothing to eat for dinner. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> a food blogger who doesn't have the food to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because one of my brothers is a chef and whenever he comes home to visit, he's like, I'm not cooking for you. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I cook all the time. The <laughs> I know. He's like, please, I live in the kitchen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how how do you find your, your audience, um, your so I know you said some of them are, are fellow bloggers, but, mm -hmm. you know, I guess it's a two-part question. Like, how do you find your audience to grow, you know, um, your Facebook page? I think you you did mention a few ways, but also, like, your email list. Like, mm -hmm. how, how are you building your email list? So I have a freebie that I have on my website, which um, definitely helps to build the email list. So it's just a, a small ebook of our 10 most popular recipes. So they're already recipes that are on the website, but has the full recipe and method and a photo just in a handy little uh, ebook. That has definitely been the game changer for me when it came to growing my email list. Um, when I first got started, it wasn't something I focused on which was um, probably a little bit silly, but um, in recent times, it's just really grown. Um, we send out newsletters as well, um, depending on um, when the recipes go out. Sometimes we've sent out um, one newsletter a week with our three new recipes and other times we do a newsletter per recipe. Both of them perform similarly, so it's haven't really picked up on which one works better. They have the same click-through and open rate, but definitely... I think a freebie on your website to encourage people to subscribe is definitely important. Yeah. And when you say that, like you did not um, focus on it at first, mm -hmm. I mean, it's super common, you know, mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people there, I think social media is more in your face, right? And so they're just mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I got to get um, a presence on Facebook and Instagram. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are coming around to the fact that I think my audience right now is rolling their eyes because I really do mention this on every single episode. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But I think people are getting used to the fact that you own your email list. Exactly. You know, and you you don't own Facebook and Instagram followers. And so I always tell people, I'm like, it's great to have a presence there, especially if your ideal customer is there. Um, but don't get so hung up on on that because as we've seen before, algorithms 
can and will and do change and we have zero control over it. And so all of a sudden one day, only 1% of your audience is seeing your posts. I agree. I agree with that completely. And I, I think that that was something I did focus on a lot at the start and I did neglect the email list. And I look now and even things like Instagram, I love Instagram as a platform. Mm -hmm. It's probably my favorite social media platform. I just love scrolling through and seeing other bloggers creations and I love the engagement, but I get very little traffic from Instagram. So Mm -hmm. it's something that takes a lot of time for not a lot of reward in respect of traffic. It's great for engagement. It's great for promotion. I mean, any social media platform where you can promote yourself for free is fantastic. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's the visitors that come to your website that are on your email list that are definitely the most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like you said, it's great for brand awareness, but for conversions? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so kind of on that, are there kind of key learnings or insights that you have for others wanting to go out on their own, especially those who, who want to get into blogging? Like what mm-hmm. are the first few things they should look at? So I would definitely start out in a similar way to what I did and just do your research. Um, like I said, there's a lot of advice out there when it comes to starting a blog and not all of it is accurate or I think a, a positive step. There's various hosts you can sign up with. Some of them are obviously a lot better than others. Um, so I would just make sure you do your research. Work out also what you want to blog about. I mean, to say, for example, you want to be a food blogger is one thing, but you're going to have a niche or a theme. I think it's important to find where you really want to sit with your blog before you get started. I think um, sometimes you can be a little too broad, but it's better to get your niche down a little bit more tight. So for me, like it is easy recipes and that's still a fairly broad niche. Don't get me wrong, but I, you'll never find a recipe that takes hours to prepare on our website. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, um, but also make sure it's something that you're passionate about. I think that is key because it's not a job that is going to be easy to get set up. It does take a lot of work and it takes a lot of commitment. And if you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about it, it's really not going to feel like hard work. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. And do you feel like you have to network a lot to kind of get your your blog out there in order to keep it up? At, at the stage I'm at now, no. But in the beginning, definitely, I felt it was important, like I said, to build up relationships with fellow bloggers, to really get a good network, to get a good support system as well. Because it can be a little lonely sometimes if you don't have people who understand how blogging works or how any sort of online business works it's it's very different to going into an office every day and to seeing you know your your team around you all the time so I think a support network is a great way to get started but I'm lucky that I'm at the point now where about 65 to 70 percent of my traffic comes through organically through google searches which is fabulous. It's taken obviously time to get there, but I'm lucky that I can sort of take a little time off now and the blog will continue to grow. Yeah, that, I think that's the goal for so many people is to get their business to that point. Um, have you been able to kind of 
leverage help from other people so it's not all on you or are you still primarily the one running I mean you're running the show but you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so my mom's actually my business partner so I'm lucky that I have (laughs) such a fabulous support (laughs) there so she um, does a lot of the social media side of things as well um, and engagement with people responds to people's comments and queries and things like that and also helps with the recipe development side of things so we're a good team, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> and we're getting ready to uh, hire a social media manager as well, which I yeah. am very excited about. So it'll be great to bring someone on board who can take care of that side of the business and I can sort of spend my time more focusing on the food side of things, which is definitely the side I'm most passionate about. <laughs> yeah, I love asking that question just because I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's hard to it's hard to get help. You know, it's hard to Mm -hmm. ask for help. It's hard to let go, you know, and kind of hand a section of your business over to somebody else. Yeah, it is. It is. And you do obviously need to find people that you trust, but I, it is quite freeing. I think when you have that help, it just Mm -hmm. takes that extra pressure off you. And I, I have um, worked with some social media people in the past just while I've, you know, taken a little bit of time off here and there. And it's really nice to know that that side of thing is being taken care of and you can really focus on, you know, that part of the business that you love the most, the reason why you started it in the first place. Yeah. And the parts of the business that need you and your expertise. You know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I feel like people, once they do relinquish a little bit of control, (laughs) they see like, oh, my business is actually growing now (laughs) and and I'm empowering other people by allowing them to kind of grow in their role. So that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are there daily routines that help you in your business and personal success? Because running your own business, I mean, it can take a toll. So a lot of entrepreneurs, like they'll work out or they'll meditate, they'll Right in a gratitude journal. Is there anything that you have adopted into your day? Mm-hmm. So I keep a journal. I do journal uh, morning and at night. I find it's great to get those thoughts down on paper. And I do like to, you know, express gratitude. I think that's so important. And just even if it's the smallest thing, I've I've had some people say to me, "Well, how do? You, what if you've had a really bad day? There's still something." to be grateful for, even if it's just you're happy being home with your dog or your cat or something like that. So I do that daily. I also, for me, the thing that probably keeps me as organised as possible is to have both a weekly and a monthly plan. And I find that definitely relieves me of stress as well if I know what I'm doing. So I have a more in-depth plan for the week, but I also have a general idea of content for the month. And uh, that keeps me on track. And I also like to go for a walk daily because I think particularly when you're in a, a business where you're sitting in front of your computer for a long time, it's important to get fresh air. <laughs> and I think it's very easy to get settled inside, but I try and walk daily and I like to listen to a podcast or something while I'm walking and just really sort of clear my head and take a minute away from, away from the computer, away from the website, social media, things like that. Yeah, that's so important to actually be present, you know, definitely at time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, really it's easy, been... I think, with smartphones and things like that these days to be so constantly attached to what's going on. 
And I was definitely guilty of that when I first got started. You know, you see a comment come through, like, I'll get onto that straight away. And then one day my coach actually said to me, and what's going to happen if you don't reply to that? Just for a couple of hours. Right. Like, is everything going to be okay still? I'm like, yes. (laughs) 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 I suppose. (laughs) So, yes, it's definitely important to, to have a break and, yeah, clear your head. And I think you're more productive then anyway. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I think that's a lot, you know, a challenge for a lot of people as they're, as they're working and, you know, they kind of get into the zone and then to your point, they'll see a comment or a notification come in and then it's like, whoop, you know, then they're Mm -hmm. off to that. And then there's like studies that show it takes you, I don't know, what, half hour, 45 minutes to get back onto task again, as soon as like we, our attention goes elsewhere. So it's so counterproductive to kind of hop around. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, and so as you're looking forward, well, actually, you know, I, you mentioned a coach. Is this mm-hmm. like a business coach that you work with? or? Yeah, she's a business coach and a mindset coach. And she's just been just fantastic to make sure, you know, your thoughts are on the right track and to keep you motivated. And so I, I only speak to her probably once every two months something like that okay. but it's just great she just if you know if there's anything that you struggled with she just helps you reframe that and work through it and yeah she's always got some very wise words for yes things like <laughs> ignoring notifications when they come through <laughs> and <laughs> and taking that time off you know it's um it's definitely different to an office job or something like that if you're working eight till five Monday to Friday it's you've got to remember that you've got to have time where you're not actually working yeah for sure or else you'll get hit burnout and exactly. then your your business and goals will suffer so, mm-hmm. that's um, right yeah and I think that's great that you have a third party there that's doesn't you know they're not super invested in what you're doing and they don't you know they're not your family so they're not you know mm-hmm. they don't have this like love that they like just want to make sure you're okay you know so I think it's great to have kind of a third party there that's just kind of like unbiased Absolutely. So as you're looking forward, what are the goals and visions for your business? So one of the goals that I mentioned before, so the hiring the social media manager, that's been definitely a goal for a while. So that's about to be realized, which is fantastic. And just, I guess, continuous growth is of the blog is just my number one goal. It's been fantastic growing it to this point where I don't have to worry about it so much anymore. And, um, you know, the advertising income and things like that are really doing so well. But I'd love to, by the end of the year, double the page views that we're getting right now. That's probably my main goal. And also looking uh, to expand just maybe some products that we might sell. So we're working on an ebook at the moment, um, which we will sell. It's... Um, actually an entertaining ebook and so we had sort of put a little bit of a halt on releasing that saying as the time that we live in at the moment is not really cohesive to having a lot of parties and things like Mm. that and we're also looking at doing a line of products so things like um aprons coffee mugs and things like that with just some fun quotes and things like that that we'd like to sort of set up a bit of an online store for And then probably the next big goal is to um, expand um, to a a commercial kitchen to actually have 
a proper space where we can do all of the cooking and the testing of the recipes and things like that. And um, then home will just be home. (laughs) A bit separate. (laughs) I love that you're thinking, you know, of having, expanding it into multiple income streams. I just Mm -hmm. think that that's so super smart. And then, you know, when you do have this commercial kitchen, do you think you'll do more like video segments and how to's and that sort of a thing? Yes, definitely. That's, that's the plan. So at the moment we do have a a, a small selection of videos on the website that we do hire out another blogger to help us out with that. She's very talented when it comes to videos, but the next step then with the commercial kitchen will be actually me in front of the camera, (laughs) which is a, makes me a little nervous, but (laughs) We'll, we'll work through that. <laughs> right. It's all about getting out of your comfort that's zone. That's <laughs> right. And that, that's probably the ultimate for me getting out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so oh that would be fantastic. I, that, I'd love to do that, though. It's obviously, I, lo- I mean, I love watching videos of bloggers and chefs watching them prepare the food. So I yeah. do realize that that will be um, a logical step in the future for us too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even if it's like Facebook lives and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of a thing too, like kind of teaching people, definitely, you know, how to do it. And also really you've done so well in creating a blog, teaching people how to, you know, create a successful blog and be a full-time blogger you know that's also a skill that you have that you know could um benefit a lot of people too thank you no I just definitely would love to encourage people to give it a go because it it can work and if there's something you're truly passionate about I think it's so much better to give that a shot and to be working in an industry that you absolutely love because it like I said before it doesn't feel like hard work when you're passionate yeah, about because, something. Mm. Right. Because you're genuinely interested in it and you care about it, mm-hmm. right? So it definitely doesn't necessarily feel like that. So where can people find you online? So our blog is it's not complicated recipes.com and our social media accounts were on Instagram, Facebook with that same name. They can find us there, sign up to our mailing list and come and say hi on social media. We love hearing from people and we're always happy to hear if there's a style of food or a recipe that they're looking for. We love to cater for our readers as well and we love giving new things to try. So we'd love to hear from anybody. Oh, that's cool. So you do take kind of suggestions. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. that's awesome. (laughs) That's really cool. So we ask a fun question at the end of each episode uh, of everybody, which is if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would they be? Oh, I'd have to say Queen. I'm a oh. huge Queen fan. So good. <laughs> Love Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I must admit I did cry like a baby oh, at the end of the sure. movie and I had I had saw it in the cinema a couple of times and yes the second time I saw it there were less tears but there were still tears <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's an excellent film it and, is uh, yeah same way it's an emotional roller coaster it is sure. oh I'm such a talented man oh amazing. I know oh that's a really really good pick <laughs> And it's cool that you were like, queen, immediately. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was an easy answer. 
Because some people are like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can't even think about it. You know, so that's <laughs> cool. You're like, I already know. Um, well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. We've had a, so much fun talking with you. Oh, thank you. It's been absolutely fantastic, Erin. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite service to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it.